This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're catching our own babies in episode number 172. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, it is Kristen Burgess from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and this week we're going to talk about catching our own babies. It occurred to me as I was recording last week's podcast episode about birth plans that catching my own baby is a really big deal to me, but I think it's something that a lot of moms haven't considered is like it's not even on their radar as in the realm of possibility. And for other moms, it might be like, I would really like to do this, but I have no idea how that would work. So today I want to talk with you about catching your own baby and about positions to catch your own baby, if that's something that resonates with you. So why should you consider catching your own baby? So for me, catching my own baby was a turning point in my birth experiences. I caught my fourth baby because my midwife missed the birth. So there was me and my husband. And my husband, frankly, didn't have any idea what was going on. He didn't even realize that Galen had been born because I was in a birth tub and Galen came out in all just one push. There wasn't any head born and then Galen was coming. It was just he was coming. And so the only thing for me to do was to grab him and bring him and basically, I told Scott, help me with the baby. And, it, you know, it's kind of like, what, what, baby, baby? And, you know, so it, it was just, I had to catch him. But the moments leading up to catching him and then catching him profoundly shifted and shaped things for me. One of the things is I went into his birth, even though he was my fourth baby, I went into his birth with this sort of niggling, almost subconscious, barely conscious sense of doubt because I felt like with my first three babies, I needed some level of quote-unquote help to get them out to finish the pushing stage with Cassidy she just wasn't coming she wasn't coming she wasn't coming finally I took my midwife's advice which is a good thing that I did and I stood up and she came flying out and I think you know just a first baby I was a young mom and and I needed a different position to help her move through my bones and she did right away And then with Asher, he had a nuchal hand, which means his hand was up by his face, and he just wasn't coming down either. So my midwife reached in to figure out what was going on. She actually touched his little fingers by his face. He pulled his hand back, and on the next contraction, he came on out. And then with even with my third baby... Uh, who I had in a birth tub. That was my first water birth, and I felt like that birth went a lot smoother, but still it felt like he wasn't coming down, and my midwife had to kind of shift me around and check on things for him to come down and out. And I found the pushing stage to be just overwhelming. And so I actually had a blessing way before Galen's birth, and that was the thing that I asked the women to kind of hold intention for me and to share thoughts about how they had experienced the pushing stage, and just to give those intentions and those blessings and things that I would have a smooth push stage and that that wish that hope that prayer was answered because clearly I had a nice smooth pushing stage with him but one of the things that really made an impression on me was I could feel that things were moving along really quickly by the time I got in the tub 
And at one point, I reached inside, and I could feel the curve of Galen's head. Remember, it's just me and Scott. The other three kids were upstairs asleep, and Kathy, my midwife, had been there and left, thinking that I was much earlier in labor than I was. And she was on her way back at that point, but hadn't made it back. So I reached inside, and I could feel the curve of Galen's head. And I felt his skin, which a newborn baby, when they're in the birth canal, the skin on the top of their head is kind of scrunched up kind of squished up because their their head is being kind of squished a little bit because it's in a tight place right and so it's kind of it feels a little bit loose but at that point you know that was before my student midwife days and and helping other moms have baby days it was just me having my own babies and I thought that maybe what I was feeling was like uterus or cervix or something like that over his head I didn't realize I was actually feeling the skin of his scalp, but I could feel the curve of his head. And that feeling is still kind of burned in to my fingers. The feeling of the curve of his head, just that hardness and that, just that beautiful curve. And anyways, the next contraction, he came out because, you know, what I was feeling was his head. And in retrospect, I, I realized that. And that feeling, the intensity and the beauty of knowing that I was touching my own baby's head. And then in the next contraction, I received my own baby and brought him up into my arms. It did so much for my confidence, for my uh, belief in my own strength. And just that sacred moment of connecting with my baby on that level, both the moment where I touched his head and felt him right there, literally at the entrance to this world. And then the next moment where I was bringing him up and he was in my arms and and I realized that I had done it, it was a powerful and a profound experience for me. And I wanted to have that experience with my other babies. With Honor, my fifth baby, I remember feeling that same thing, feeling that curve of her head. And then her coming out. Her coming out was a little bit more chaotic because she was kind of wrapped in her cord. And so with my next baby, um, Corwin, I wanted to make sure that it stayed calm like it had with Galen. And I worked intentionally towards that. But I brought Corwin up. His birth was so smooth and beautiful and calm that nobody realized he had been born, including the midwife, uh, until again I said to Scott very calmly, help me with the baby, and I brought him up. And that video is, I treasure it because you can see my midwife. She was a few feet away standing beside one of my other kids, and you see her jump and come over real quick because she didn't realize that he had been born. It was just a super smooth, calm, beautiful, beautiful birth. And again, that sense of intimacy and connection with my baby was lovely. Sadie, again, my midwife missed that birth because she came so quickly. And that was a beautiful, intimate birth, just bringing her up and completely peaceful, no worries whatsoever, just really lovely. And then Phoenix was a big boy, 10 pounds, 10 ounces, but, you know, very triumphant moment for me on many, many, many levels. First of all, because he was a really big fellow. Second of all, I had had a lot of dreams and intuition about him throughout my pregnancy, but I doubted that in a way. And when I brought him up and felt, I could feel with my hand because this is this massive baby. I had one hand on his chest and one hand between his legs to bring him up out of the water with his little back to me um, and, and cradle him to me and then turn him around. But I could feel that he was a boy when I put my hand between his legs to help support him bringing him up. And that, to me, that was an intimate and validating moment because I 
realized that my intuition and dreams had been right. And I kind of felt like I was going crazy. And I know now that there was some stuff going on in the background of my life and my family that I didn't know was going on that kind of contributed to that uh, sense of being unmoored and unsure throughout that pregnancy. Um, But that moment was a moment that really healed a lot of that. And it healed a lot of my belief in my strength and intuition, which when Phoenix was six months old, um, I realized I was going to need in ways that I had never been able to fathom before. So again, I've spent, you know, I guess six or eight minutes here talking about bringing my own babies up because I want to share why that had such a profound impact on me and why it's so important to me. On the last podcast episode, I said that if I happened to be having a baby in the hospital for whatever reason, um, and it was going to be a vaginal birth, then I would I would tell the hospital staff that I want to bring my baby up because it's just so important to me. So hopefully those experiences of mine help you understand some of the benefits of bringing your own baby up. And they're just that connection, that intimacy, that strength, um, you know, your own strength, your own power. And those are things, a few episodes when I talked about pregnancy and birth being a forgotten rite of passage, I really touched on why I feel like pregnancy and birth and motherhood are so important for us as women um, and part of the journey to finding our own strength and our own power and how profound that is. So this this would be a little tiny piece of that journey that I don't necessarily think is essential, but I think it's a very powerful one. And if you can intentionally create that and cultivate that and create the circumstances or even entertain the possibility that this might be something for you, then I want to invite you to do that on this episode. So again, that's, you know, that's my experiences with bringing up my babies. And, you know, my my number one tips for catching your own baby are, of course, to sit and ponder and consider that this could happen. Um, and then you might consider watching some births where they're unassisted births or undisturbed births. Um, I can put, I usually share it around his birthday, but I can put a link to the video. It's also in Mama Baby Birthing, so if you're in a, if you're in Mama Baby Birthing, it's in there already. Um, but I can put a link to Corwin's birth video so that you can watch me bring him up. Um, but that's only one position. So I'm going to describe some other positions. So you might just spend some time visualizing and imagining. One of the things that I think was really powerful with Galen's birth, my fourth baby and my first baby that I caught myself is I had spent a lot of time visualizing just me and Scott there, uh, bringing the baby up. Now I, I knew I was going to have a midwife there, but At that time, she was a new-to-me midwife. We had moved, so she was my um, midwife. This was the first baby with that midwife. And I just wasn't quite sure because I loved my first midwife, and there was a little bit of sadness moving away from her and having a baby with a different midwife. Um, So I just wasn't sure where I wanted Kathy to be. So I kind of pictured her not right there, but in the room. But as as you know from what I said a few minutes ago, she ended up not quite making it to the birth. She walked in minutes after Galen was born. And I think that that visualization was really powerful in creating that reality. So that birth didn't go necessarily exactly minute for minute, second for second, play by play how I imagined it, but it was remarkably similar. So I think that our visualizations and our imagination can create a lot for us and can help us explore different scenarios like 
exploring in your mind these different positions and then trying some of these positions out. You know, you can't practice having a baby over and over again, but you can get into different positions and see how they feel to you. Maybe imagine what would it be like to catch my baby. Maybe this position feels really awkward, but this one feels really comfortable. Different, you know, every woman's bones and pelvis and shape is different. So different positions suit different women best. But those are tips, just that visualization and that willingness to be playful and experiment and imagine will really help. And of course, the other thing is to talk with your care provider about how important it is for you. And don't necessarily be married to it, but ask your care provider to facilitate it as best as possible. A lot of care providers today are used to the request, I want daddy to catch the baby. And so, you know, I want to catch my baby. Isn't that different? And a good care provider should be willing to help facilitate. Even if this is your first baby and you're like, I have no idea. I don't know if this is possible for me. Ask your care provider, say, it's really important to me, this thought about catching my own baby or feeling my own baby's head and, you know, having my hands down there to help bring my baby into the world. Those are things that your care provider can help facilitate. Even with a first baby, they can help guide you. And if in the moment you feel really overwhelmed and you just want them to take over, then that's fine. You know in the moment that that is what you wanted. Another thing is, is for many of you, if you're a survivor or if you've had trauma or difficulties in the past and the thought of having your hands down there feels uncomfortable for you or triggering for you, then I would, but at the same time, it, it seems important to you or it's something you want to process, I would definitely talk with your care provider, maybe even seek a therapist or a counselor who's worked with pregnant women um, who are survivors and see if you can do some work towards overcoming that or, or figuring out you know, exploring that, what that is bringing up for you and how you can open to healing. I do believe that pregnancy and birth, they're a wonderful time, a powerful time, but they can also be an intimate and vulnerable time. Um, But they're also a time that can facilitate great healing and wholeness and reclaiming of your power. And so if this brings things up for you, definitely even with this episode, if you need to pause it, take a break or just stop it. Um, But you can also use that to invite that healing and ask what that healing might look like and what the ability to take that power back might be. Uh, So this could be an opportunity for that to consider if you want to consider that. So let's talk about the positions for catching babies. So my very favorite position for catching my own baby is a position that I call runner's pose. And I will have some photographs. I'm not pregnant right now, but I'm going to do my best to get some clear um, photographs where I show you these positions with the show notes for this episode. But my favorite position is called runner's pose. And if you think about it, it's kind of like a runner on the starting blocks. So you think about them, they've got one knee down and then the other leg up and they're on the blocks or they're about to get started running. And so in that position for birthing, you you have your your one knee and leg are fully down, like you're not really up on your toes on that leg at all, the way a runner might be. But that leg is fully down, fully grounded, and the other leg is up on your foot or maybe on tiptoe, but you're going to be nine months pregnant, so you're probably going to be grounded fully on that foot. But what's really nice about this position, and I'm actually in it right now, <laughs> I figured I'd record this episode where I could kind of get in the positions where I, as I talk about them. 
But the thing that's really nice about this position is that the one leg is really grounded and you can shift over so that you're kind of um, halfway tailor sitting in that position. So you're more down on your bottom on your sit bone or you can be up on your knee. And then the other leg, the, the leg that's up, is just really flexible. You've got a lot of ability to open or close that leg depending on the sensations that you're feeling. Pretty much it doesn't matter how much you close that leg. Like right now I actually have that knee completely leaning down on my other knee. And I think a baby would still come out. <laughs> um, so you're not, you know, you're not going to clamp down on the baby. So even if it's feeling intense and you're feeling some stinging and you kind of close your legs a bit, then your baby's still going to be able to descend. And then probably as your baby's born, you would naturally open that leg up. But this position is super solid, super well grounded, so you can literally reach down very easily and receive your baby. And this is the position that I have birthed most of my babies in. I have had caught my own babies in this position in the tub, but I think that this position would work well for a land birth too, and I've helped moms who have birthed like this on land. Um, if you are worried especially about tearing, then an, a variation of this position would be to be on just on your knees or on hands and knees, kind of leaning forward. Again, if you're in your birth tub, you might be on your knees in your bed. You might use your hands to support you somewhat. Um, so that that position of being on your knees, it gives you a similar level of flexibility because you can move your other leg not quite as easily, but you can also kind of pull your legs together. And again, it, it provides um, a lot, it helps release a lot of tension on the perineum so it can help prevent tearing. And another thing about this knees position is you're so well grounded that say you can lean forward on one hand a little bit and the other hand can be down cradling your perineum as your baby is born. I'm not a huge fan of perennial support when midwives do it, but I've seen moms give their own perennial support, which is basically just providing a little bit of counter pressure as the baby's head is coming down, um, or even kind of massaging and rubbing your own tissues. Again, if this is triggering for you, I, I would just invite you to pause and come back when you're able to process. But for a lot of women, that perennial massage or that just that support or that rubbing of your own tissues helps you as you push the baby down and bring the baby out. So this position can be a good position if you're worried about tearing because it allows you to give that support. And then again, also, at, you know, as you're pushing your baby out, one thing that you will probably notice as you're pushing your baby out is that you will probably spontaneously lift up your bum. So if you're on your knees, you're, you're kind of going to lift your bum up and it's, it's almost instinctive. It is instinctive. And so as your baby is being born, you're probably do that. So you may be thinking, oh my goodness, you know, how am I going to squish a baby out when I'm on my knees? But you're probably going to instinctively lift yourself up a bit as your baby is being born. And again, you're in a super solid, stable position to reach down and to bring your baby up. Uh, if you're really worried about, well, let's talk about standing first. 
What about if you're going to give birth standing? You may think this is improbable, but I actually did have my first baby standing, if you remember me mentioning that. And I've seen a number of videos of moms standing. Sometimes moms who are having a breech baby instinctively want to stand. And when I'm talking about all this, I'm kind of assuming that your baby's head down. Breech babies are a whole nother ball of wax, but we can talk about them in another episode. But Uh, standing is a position that some women find themselves in birthing. And you may think to yourself, oh my gosh, what would I do? Because my baby's going to come. But you're probably going to instinctively reach down and and hold your baby. So even if you're standing, you're going to reach down and and grab your baby. And you're probably going to be leaning against something or close to something where you can lean. Or another thing that you could do is you could lean against something and kind of slide down to hands and knees. But if you're standing, you're probably going to squat a little bit. Again, there's just that instinctive stuff that moms do where they lift their bum up or they squat a little bit. It's just this instinctive rocking of the pelvis to help bring the baby. And you're going to reach down and you're going to receive your baby. And, And babies... Like Galen, remember I talked about, he kind of came out. I mean, babies can come out really fast, but that's relative. So even if your baby comes out in one push, you're going to feel your baby's head coming down. You're going to be able to reach down, get your baby's shoulders, and bring your baby up. And then again, I would encourage you, if you do picture standing as a possibility, that you may want to try and be in a door frame or against a solid piece of furniture, because then you can just lean against that. Um, and lower yourself and baby down for a minute to take a breather after you've birthed. But some women do feel this instinctive urge to birth standing, either because like Cassidy, baby needs to get through the bones and that helps create that space, or in the case of breech baby, sometimes, you know, Mother Nature is a good teacher, and she sometimes instructs we need to stand up to get this baby out. So it is possible to catch your own baby standing. Of course, if you're nervous, you can ask your birth attendant, please be right there, just in case this baby comes flying out of me. Um, Now, another thing that I've heard from a lot of moms lately is, what if I push too soon? And this is especially for moms who are thinking about maybe we're going to have an unassisted birth or I want as undisturbed a birth as possible. I don't want any vaginal exams. What if I push too soon? And so if you're pushing your own baby out, a great position, if you're not quite sure if this is it, is to be in a sideline position. The reason why that's a good position is because it tends to move baby back off the cervix a little bit. It backs that head up a little bit. So if you are pushing quote unquote too soon, it relieves some of that pressure to push and bear down, and it can stop that pushing sensation. If when you're in sideline position, your body continues to push, and you're feeling the progress of your baby coming down, it's probably not too soon to push. You're probably supposed to be pushing. Um, And a sideline position is a very gentle position to birth a baby in. Uh, Sometimes in a sideline position, it's helpful to have a helper hold your leg up. But again, it's probably not necessary. Women birth in many different ways and you tend to again instinctively do what needs to be done. So in that position it would probably be that you lift your leg up a little bit that top leg spontaneously or either you bring it forward um, towards your belly and baby is able to kind of come out behind your legs and in that case you're probably laying on a bed or on the floor 
And so if you can't reach down and grab baby, like if, if you lift your leg up, you can probably reach down, grab your baby and, and bring them up to beside you. If your legs are kind of pulled up and so baby's going to come out behind your legs, it may be that your baby is gently born on the bed and then... You may take a pause. This is actually something, I'm glad this came up because this is something that you see in undisturbed births, is sometimes a mother won't necessarily bring her baby right up to her. So in that in that position that I just talked about, baby would be born gently on the bed or say in that semi-squat position, that runner's pose position or the kneeling position, baby might be born and you actually let baby rest on the bed or floor in front of you. If you're having a water birth, please bring your baby up right away. But if you were having a land birth, your baby might rest. Again, in undisturbed birth, sometimes we see where the mother takes a minute. You heard me take a breath in right there. Inhales for a minute and there's a pause and the baby takes a second to pause because, whoa, I've just been born. And then the mother looks down and, and this is a pattern you can observe in moms, if you're watching births, undisturbed births, where a mother is, is doing this herself, they'll often touch their babies, kind of around the periphery of their babies, hands and feet, fingers, and then a moment later, they'll scoop their baby up. So for you, bringing up your own baby, catching your own baby may not involve you bringing your baby up right away, but it might involve that moment of a pause, which probably feels timeless in the minute because you're both like, whoa. What did we just do? But in reality, it's not very long. Um, and then you bring your baby up. So that is an alternative that you may end up considering. So those positions, runner's pose, kneeling, side-lying, really good gentle positions. Standing is also a position where you can feasibly catch your own baby. Um, now, there are other positions that you can consider, like straight up hands and knees. And again, with that one, you'd probably end up rocking back a bit into like a kneeling position to receive your own baby, um, or at least to let your baby be gently born on the bed. And then you might pause for a second before you bring your leg over and sit down to gather your baby up. Uh, a semi-squat position is definitely not my favorite position to burthen or to help mothers burthen because it puts a lot of pressure on the perineum. It's kind of awkward for a mom, um, but it is a position that you could catch your own baby in, and especially if you've got a care provider who's willing to help facilitate uh, you catching the baby and bringing them up. But it's not really a super stable position. Uh, it's not as solid and grounded, but it is one that could be possible. I would, even if you're birthing at the hospital, um, I would consider the kneeling or the runner's pose position. Both of those can be used on a bed, on the ground, or in a birth tub. And it's just a super solid, stable position where you can gather your own baby up. And it's a position, too, where if you need help, you are still in a good, solid position where a care provider can, can get their hands in there to help you get your baby gathered up or to help figure out what's going on. So even if you're birthing at the hospital, that can help. Um, Again, if you are birthing at the hospital, I would definitely talk to your care provider about this. Again, asking, uh, I want dad to be able to catch the baby. I want dad to be there is not something that is an unusual request these days. So this whole, I want to be the one to catch my baby is 
it shouldn't be unusual. It's probably more unusual, but it's definitely something that you can present to your care provider. And I would present it along with, I might want to birth kneeling um, or on my hands and knees because those are positions that you can just facilitate that catching of your baby and that mobility coupled with stability that really gives you the confidence that you can reach down and catch baby because the rest of your body is grounded. So, excuse me, talk about those positions with your care provider um, and talk about that possibility, see what they say, see what their thoughts are, and just introduce that to them and dialogue about it over the course of a few prenatal appointments. And then if it's important to you, I would include it in your birth plan regardless of where you're birthing. I have assisted at a bunch of births now, and I would say that most moms don't even think about catching their own baby, and so it's not even something that is on a midwife's mind most of the time. You know, her assumption is she's the one that's going to catch the baby. And at a hospital, the doctor's assumption is that she's the one that's going to catch the baby. So regardless of where you're birthing, if this is something that resonates with you or feels important to you, I would definitely include it uh, on your birth plan. Talk, <coughs> talk to your care provider about how important it is for you. Talk to your care provider about how you've thought about it. Ask them if they have any tips or what they might do to help you, how they can help you make this happen. Because that gets the wheels in their mind turning. It's not just, oh, I'm dictating that I want this to happen or I'm, you know, I'm pretending like I'm this huge expert and like really and truly, ladies, who cares how much of an expert you are? Your body was made to birth this baby, so you are an expert. But we want to be diplomatic when we talk with care providers, especially when we talk about something that may be outside of their realm of experience. And so we would say, you know, I know that you've caught a lot of babies. It's really important to me to be able to feel my baby's head as, I'm, as, as he or she is coming down. That's not an unusual request. Most care providers are really used to that request. Um, or I want to be able to see my baby's head in a mirror. Again, another home hospital, many care providers are very used to that kind of request. So this is just an extension of that. And you could say, you know, I really want to bring my own baby up. How can you help me do that? What positions do you think would be best for that? Or I've thought about this position and I know that I could get in that position on the bed. What do you think about that? So again, just having these dialogues and appealing to them to help kind of problem solve and think through how can this happen and how can we be partners in a team in doing this is going to be really good. Because again, most care providers today are used to families wanting to do pretty much immediate skin to skin. So they know I'm going to be monitoring baby on mother's chest anyways. So it's just... It's something that is just a slight variation. One thing that they may not be used to is if your care provider is big on episiotomies or suctioning baby immediately, you may want to ask what's your policy on that because both of those things would be things that they're like, eh, I need to suction the baby or what if there's an episiotomy? The truth is there's like zilch, zero, nil, not a reason to do an episiotomy on a woman. Um... But again, you could talk about how you want to be able to have your hand down there providing perennial support. You want your care provider to support you in, in those crucial moments so that you know that tearing is going to be minimized. And then, you know, you can just talk about, I don't want immediate suctioning on my baby. That's something I should have probably mentioned that um, on the birth plan podcast, but I know it was in the birth plan kit. 
you know, avoiding immediate suctioning for baby. Again, baby can go right up on your chest, and if it seems like baby's struggling, the team is going to be right there. They're going to be observing, and they're going to be able to act at that moment. But babies don't generally need to be suctioned on the perineum. Um, and if your baby's head is born first so that it's sitting there for a minute, that's the way that Phoenix's did because he was massive. So his head was born, and I literally just sat there and kind of rubbed his head while his head was outside and the, his body was inside. Um, and then on the next push his shoulders came down and out and then I brought him up but if your baby sits on the perineum for a minute um, their body is being squeezed by the birth canal at that point and so there may be secretions that are coming out but those don't really need to be cleared away they can just pour out and then again you can bring your baby right on up and most babies clear themselves really really well if your baby is one of the babies who needs a little bit of help then your team will be able to assess that then but again if you've talked about this in advance it's much more likely that your care provider is going to be in an observation mode where they're thinking I'm going to observe I'm going to watch I'm going to facilitate and not I'm going to actively intervene so talking about it again doctor or midwife talk about it because most midwives assume they're the ones who are going to be catching the baby and so they have routines and habits and things that they do so this is a vital thing to discuss with your care provider but like I said at the beginning it was a really incredible incredible thing for me it literally changed my life it changed my next four babies births and I just feel like it's one of those things that is part of that beautiful journey of intimacy and power and strength that, that we as mothers can enjoy. And so if it's something that resonates with you, definitely give it some time and some space and some thought. If you'd like to explore your upcoming birth or you've got some thoughts about it, you want support, I can offer that. I would love to chat with you about your situation. You can reach out to me, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. We can set up a time to do a call so that I can hear what's going on with you. Um, otherwise, I will talk with you now next week and I hope that you have a blessed week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.